Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Bakersfield 3 is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. To accept this call, say or dial 5 now. It's a strange thing to spend so much time thinking and talking about a person that you've never actually had a proper conversation with. Good afternoon, Ms. LaVorne. Then it finally happens. Where do you even start? I feel like law enforcement and, and the DA, I feel like they did everything they could to try to make it, you know, uh, a daylight episode. You know, and I guess they had to settle for your podcast. But before we get into that, there's some important context into why I believe Queen finally agreed to speak with me. You might remember court was postponed for a day during his trial as Sergeant Garrett, a crime scene unit, and over a dozen other members of law enforcement took Queen out to the desert, where he claimed he and Bailey buried the rest of Micah's body. Here's Prosecutor Smith asking Sergeant Garrett about it on the witness stand. Now, what, if anything, did you locate at any of these locations? At the very first location, there was a piece of bone, particularly a vertebrae, that was uh, located just sitting on top of the ground, uh, exposed to the elements that was located and seized. During his closing arguments, Prosecutor Smith brought up the search once more. He was given the chance in a murder trial to go find what he says is out there. And you know what? It's not out there. It's not out there. And you know what? Nothing. There's a vertebra that's sitting on the top of the ground. They don't know if it's animal or human out in the middle of nowhere. Well, he said he buried stuff, so that doesn't make sense. Nothing supports what he has to say. So it appeared the search didn't turn up anything relevant to the case. But one year later, Cheryl got yet another dreaded call from the coroner's office. They had an additional piece of her son. It was the partial vertebrae found lying out in the vast openness that day in the desert, which meant Queen had been telling the truth, at least part of it. I'm Olivia LaVoice, and this is The Bakersfield Three. The 
confirmation that part of Micah had been buried in the desert didn't do anything for Queen's case in terms of proving how Micah died or the circumstances around it. But it was still something. And maybe it was the validation that no longer someone could say Queen led the police fully on a wild goose chase. Or maybe it had just been enough time. Either way, Queen was finally ready to talk. You don't know. You don't know who I am. You don't know who Bailey is. You didn't know who Michael was. So how are all these people that have these comments? And I don't mean to bash all of your listeners because, I mean, you have a lot of people who are into this. The true crime fans, they like to, they like to follow these things and, and play little investigators at home. But that's just, you don't have the facts. And it's, it's one of the reasons why I'm doing this is because I think you know, I mean, they tried to make me out to be a straight monster. By they, Queen is referring to Sergeant Garrett and Prosecutor Eric Smith. He then brought up what he said on the witness stand about Micah allegedly pulling a gun on him and Bailey. I asked all your listeners and I asked, what would you have me do? You know, let him shoot me? Let him shoot Bailey? Let a bullet go through the wall and hit my four-year-old son? I did what I had thought I had to do to keep my family safe and myself safe. Did Bailey take it a little too far? Yeah. Do I think in a million years she thought that he would die from that? From a dumbbell? No, of course not. Who would? I wouldn't. Here, Queen is referring to his claims that Bailey allegedly dropped a dumbbell on Micah's head, killing him instantly. Queen maintains he is only guilty of dismembering Micah's body after the fact. And then what happened to Micah afterwards? No excuse. It's, it's horrible. It's a horrible, horrible thing, you know? We made a bad situation way worse. That's on me. And it's on Bailey. Our time discussing Micah's case was, as Queen put it, rehashing what was already said in court, the story you've already heard. So much of our conversation turned to what he wasn't asked about during the trial. What happened to Bailey? It's simple. Bailey left. She didn't want to see. Uh, Did she, she tell you she was leaving? Yes. I'm not going to get into who she left with. I don't know who they are, and I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to go into any of my suspicions. I'm not going to go into anything that Bailey told me about them. Queen only used the term them on our calls, but reading between the lines, I assume he's referring to what he's said to numerous people, myself included, about Bailey claiming she had ties to the cartel. Like I said, I'm not going to go into it. There's... There's a lot more to it that I, I can't say. I just can't. She told you I mean, she was leaving? Point, yes. What did she say? I'm not going to go into it. I can't. I mean, you know why she left. No. Listen, she killed Micah. I'm not, uh, do, we, uh, do I have to go over this? Look, it, it's frowned upon in here to be talking on, uh, about another person's case. Later on, I rephrased the question. I mean, how did she pose it to you? I'm, I'm going to go into hiding because I don't want to get caught. The only words from her was, I fucked up. Queen didn't want to elaborate on that, but he brought up another topic. Let's discuss the last thing I ever heard about Bailey. Queen went on to share that sometime after Bailey went missing, he sent an email to someone from the Kern County Sheriff's Department the agency originally investigating Bailey's case before Sergeant Garrett from the Bakersfield Police Department took it over. I give him the information that I have that was brought to me by this girl, says that she saw Bailey at a, at a hotel where 
the entire hotel is a bunch of girls that are forced into prostitution. They're not allowed to leave their rooms. I give all this information, no response. He doesn't even respond to that. And then a year later, I'm in jail, and I see on the news that this very hotel gets raided. Queen says the hotel he told the sheriff investigators about is the same hotel that was later raided by the FBI and Bakersfield police during a sex trafficking investigation that resulted in multiple arrests. What do you think happened to her? What I really want to know is whether or not she was really there. Did they go to that hotel? Did they look? So does, but does this mean that you think that she is alive? I have no reason to think otherwise. I then brought up the odd timing of Queen's preliminary hearing for the gun charges and Bailey going missing the next day. That's a completely coincidence. What's not a coincidence is the same day my preliminary hearing was when Matt Van Steele was arrested. That's not a coincidence. Can you elaborate on that? Do I have to? I mean, he used his garage. She was probably worried he was going to flip. The insinuation was Bailey left then because she was worried she was about to get caught. On the topic of Matt Vandecastiel, I brought up a piece of information he had told Sergeant Garrett about the night Queen and Bailey showed up to his garage. Remember, Vandecastiel says he believes Micah was tortured and murdered then. Queen says Micah was already dead and they just used the space to dismember him. Either way, Vandecastiel's claims are dark. He said that you did have a Polaroid camera that night at his house and you and Bailey were using it in the garage. Uh, not, not true. That never happened. I never had a Polaroid in the garage. So the, the Polaroid that you put on James Windshield, I'm assuming that was you who put that Polaroid on James Windshield. The photo of you and Bailey and it said, love you, mom. I, I'm, I'm not going to comment. That's between me and James. Was that photo taken the night Micah was killed? No. We moved on to what I consider a significant yet perplexing piece of evidence in Micah's murder. The matching rope found on the bag with Micah's arm, Queen's headboard, and Bailey's purse. You're saying she put that on her purse? What do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. It's all the same rope, right? That was on her purse, that was used to tie up the bag with Micah's arm. I believe it was on your headboard as well. It's irrelevant, I think. I, I mean, to me, I think that's pretty significant. Listen, listen, I'm not listening. The rope is literally, it has, it's nothing. There's nothing to that rope aside. And I'm not going to bring up Bailey and Ellen's sex life on this podcast. I think, a lot, I think you're looking into a lot of stuff that is not at all relevant. I think your imagination is running away with you. I had to disagree with him. It's significant, frankly, whether you tied it on her purse or she did it herself. Either way, it's, you know, it's very bizarre behavior, right? I don't know. I really couldn't tell you. She could have tied it on the bag to hang it somewhere. I, I have no, I, I really, I cannot answer the question. Honestly, if that rope, like if I even remembered that there was rope with the arm, I mean, I never would have kept it in my home. I mean, I had the roll in my house. You, know, you get what I'm saying? Like, it, it has zero significance. We eventually moved on to another topic. There is a recorded call 
between you and Sarah where you say something along the lines of, you know, Bailey had to go missing for you and I to be together. Yeah. That doesn't you know what, sound the, good. I know, I know. You know what? And I, I read it, and when I read it, because it was in a police report that I had, and I read it, and I was like, that's crazy. You want to really know what that is? It's me and Sarah on a spiritual level. We believe that everything happens for a reason. If Bailey didn't leave, I probably never would have gotten with Sarah. And if I never got with Sarah, I would never have my son. That's another situation where I think a lot of like you probably look at that and you go, oh, my God. And the cops probably look at that and they go, oh, my God. Let me save you time. That has nothing to do with nothing. There's nothing there other than me just thinking in the mindset you have to take the good with the bad, that God has a plan for for us. And if you're not religious, if you're not a Christian, and you're not a parent, you probably don't understand anything that I'm talking about right now. Queen's words and actions being misunderstood and misconstrued came up a few different times. Here's a point in one of our conversations where he said Bailey's mom, Jane, had an issue with him from day one. She never wanted me to be with Bailey because I'm twice Bailey's age. But was like that I said strange? To her, you know, she was it strange. I mean, is it strange? Was yes, it strange it for you? For you being with someone so much younger, especially you know, with your your kids and, and was, your estranged wife in the house. It was it was different. I'm not going to use the word strange. You know, and let me be clear that I never pursued. I didn't pursue Bailey in the beginning. She pursued me, and the same goes for Sarah. I'm not some old guy going around trying to creep on young women. You know what I mean? I'm just... You could see, though, how it would come off like that, especially because Sarah and Bailey, Sarah, I mean, they, they look, they I, look I, similar. I listen, listen, I get it. I understand it. If I was a parent, I would probably be the same way. But over the over over the several months that, that Bailey and I were together, her mom should have noticed that Bailey was happy. I don't mean to be rude, but I, I feel like we're just... I feel like we're going on and on like about gossip. I think we're. I think there's you and I want two different things out of this podcast, out of out of this interview. What Queen said he wanted out of this interview was the opportunity to share information he wants people to know about his case. Here are excerpts from our conversation on some of those topics. I wanted to come on this podcast to show the problems that are in the justice system that, that I didn't get a fair trial and that that the result, the ending result. The truth should have come out a lot sooner than it did. It didn't have to take that long. Well, you could have said what happened way sooner, but you you didn't. Much of Queen's answer as to why he didn't share his story boils down to Queen's claim that he was only offered a plea deal if he would tell prosecutors what happened to Bailey. The DA's position on this was always Bailey, never Micah. Eric Smith even came out to the jail and sat down, and I thought this was our opportunity. I thought things were going to happen, right? He said, I'm here to let you know that I'm the DA, I'm the prosecutor on your case, and I'm going to bring these bodies home, and I'm going to convict you of murder. That's what he came out to say. And he goes, oh, and if you want to talk to your lawyer and this and that and, you know, work something out. But that was always Bailey. Queen says if investigators would have offered him a deal that just involved telling them what happened to Micah, he would have talked a lot sooner. But he claims the only deal ever offered required information about Bailey that he says he doesn't have. Even, even after the verdict, 
they were I was offered like, hey, we can still offer you a deal if you just tell us where Bailey is. I can't. That's something I can't give you. I don't know where she is. So because I didn't have that chip, I couldn't play. Queen says questions about Bailey's whereabouts have plagued him since the first time police showed up at his door. They never mentioned Micah. You know what I mean? They always mention Bailey. Oh, we're looking for Bailey. We're looking for Bailey. Well, as you can imagine, you know, at that time, I wasn't willing to just come and tell them, oh, I know why she left. You get what I'm saying? But my, law enforcement like to get a theory, and they go with their theory, and they have tunnel vision the entire time trying to prove their theory. Do you agree that your behavior after she went missing was odd? Uh, define odd. I mean, yeah, sure, when they're coming to me and, and, and they want to know where she is, and I can't really, you know, one, I don't know where she is, and two, which I was clear with them, I don't know where she is. I don't know who it, I don't know who it is that she left with. So that much is absolutely 100% true. I just can't tell you why I think she, you know what I mean, why she left. Queen says he wasn't willing then to explain to investigators that Bailey left because, according to him, she killed Micah. I then brought up a different theory of her disappearance. A lot of people have said Bailey had a huge mouth. So many people believe that you were afraid that she was going to talk about what happened to Micah so that you got rid of her in order to keep that from coming out. Okay, let me be clear. That is not, that did not happen. And it doesn't, and, and let me also be clear, why would I worry about her when she's the one that dropped the dumbbell on us head? Think she's going <laughs> to understand? She has more culpability in this than I do. Would you say you understand why people would suspect you? Uh, I suppose, but it's, that's not what happens. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what else to say. If they you knew, I think if they knew me and they knew Bailey and they knew, if they knew our relationship at the time, then I don't, then they wouldn't think that. Jumping back to Queen's comment earlier that he thinks Bailey is alive. You don't think that she was murdered? I have no, I, I have no reason to think that. And you did not kill her? No. By that point, I had already asked Queen if he killed Bailey, and I'd learned quickly that he gets frustrated feeling that people don't believe him. But he says soon, that's going to change. I can literally tell you right now that there is proof out there that I told the truth. There's proof out there. I promise you that. That proof will be brought to light. I, I promise you that. What do you mean by that? Let me, have you ever heard the expression, like, if these walls could talk? Or if there, if there was only a fly on the wall, well, the wall's going to talk. The wall's going to talk. Because I'm not going to spend the rest of my life in prison for something just because Eric Smith convinced the jury that I was a liar. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. As someone who hears about crime day in and day out for a living, I try to find a balance between being aware of the terrible things that can happen to people, especially women, while also not trying to let those thoughts take up too much space in my head. I strive to be conscious of safety without being fearful. 
And what really helps me strike that balance is having a home security system. When I turn my Simply Safe alarm on before bed, I just sleep better, and that alone makes it worth it to me. Your home is where you should feel the safest, and having that sense of security is really nice, especially when you're binging true crime all the time, like I know a lot of you listening probably are. Some great things about Simply Safe is it's really easy to set up. There's 24/7 customer service, there's no contracts, and there's a 60-day money back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners peace of mind, and you deserve that too. Right now you can get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/bakersfield. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Queen wouldn't go into more detail on the evidence he says will come to light because he's in the process of trying to get his murder conviction overturned. As of this writing, his first appeal is still pending. In messages from Queen after our phone calls, it became apparent that he doubted I would ever report anything that would be in his favor. I assured him that if I was able to prove something he told me, and or if I came across any information on my own that more or less looked good for him, of course I'd report it. And recently, I thought I'd found just that. You might remember, Queen admitted to investigators that he accessed Bailey's social media accounts after she went missing, hoping to find clues. This is problematic if you're looking for evidence that Bailey is still alive, because activity on her social media doesn't mean much if you think it was just Queen behind the keyboard. The limited records I have show the dates and the type of device used to access her Facebook and Snapchat. Bailey's last phone was an iPhone 5, but after she went missing, her accounts were accessed numerous times from a Samsung Galaxy 8 Plus, which happens to be the same type of phone Queen owned at the time. But as I reviewed the dates of her Facebook account activity, I noticed there were two days back-to-back in late May 2018, one month after her disappearance, that someone else other than Queen logged onto her account. See, on those two days in question, Queen was in jail. After being arrested for having a gun on him when dropping off Bailey's belongings, the story told back in episode one. Upon discovering this, I thought, this could be big. This could mean Bailey was alive, or at least she was then. Or there was someone else going on her Facebook, perhaps another suspect who's been overlooked. But as I kept digging, the narrative changed. On May 28th and May 29th, the two days Bailey's Facebook was active while Queen was behind bars, her account was once again accessed from a Samsung Galaxy 8 Plus. Odd, I thought. It's the same type of phone Queen owned, but it couldn't have been him. And wouldn't his phone have been in police custody along with his wallet and whatever else was in his possession when he was arrested? Well, as it turns out, it wasn't. Queen's Samsung Galaxy was still at his house, which could explain this comment he made to his then-wife when he called her from jail. So I left you the phone, too. The Snapchat is still on that phone. Bear with me. It gets a little complicated here. A few days after that call, late in the evening on May 29, 2018, investigators showed up to Queen's home with a search warrant and seized a Samsung Galaxy 8 Plus while he was still in jail. Bailey's Facebook was accessed at some point on this date on this same type of phone. When I brought this up to Queen, he said maybe the cops went on Bailey's Facebook from his phone 
after they seized it that night. Records I have don't specify the exact time her page was accessed, so I can't say one way or another for sure. But regardless, that wouldn't explain Bailey's Facebook activity on the same type of phone he owned the day before his phone was seized. And then I found this. It turns out, according to the limited police reports I have, Sarah's Facebook page was also accessed on May 29th, 2018. Also on the same type of device. There's a lot we don't know especially since Sarah has never been willing to speak with me. And when I recently tried to ask her about this situation in particular, she promptly blocked me. But using the information I have, a possible explanation is this. Even though Queen and Sarah weren't openly dating then, we know she was at his house when he was arrested. It's possible she stayed at his house after that, and at some point used his smartphone to go on her Facebook. And when she opened the app... Bailey's account was already logged in. It doesn't necessarily mean anything nefarious. With that said, after going down this rabbit hole, it doesn't appear this information about Bailey's Facebook account ultimately does anything to help prove Queen's story, that she left his home alive and well and skipped town. However, there is one date listed, about a month and a half after Bailey's disappearance, where her Facebook was accessed on a type of phone that, to my knowledge, Queen did not own, an iPhone 7. In the limited reports I have, there is no mention of anyone involved in the case using this model phone. So that is still a mystery. Then there's the issue of the SIM card, a second, perhaps even more convoluted rabbit hole I'm taking you down with me. Remember how I just said that Queen's Samsung Galaxy was left at his house when he was arrested for the incident in episode one? That's because that phone wasn't in his pocket when officers put cuffs on him. A different phone was. And as you might recall hearing earlier, the SIM card inside was linked to Bailey's phone number. Bailey's physical phone was never found, but if her SIM card was found in Queen's possession, I don't know how you explain that. But Queen did have an explanation when I asked him about this. He told me the SIM card investigators found was not Bailey's actual SIM card, but rather a replacement one he says he ordered shortly after she went missing. He said he thought this might help him find her. The phone that she had that she left with was an iPhone. But it was my, it was my account. Her last words to me was that she was getting rid of the phone. So once I started looking for her, that's when I had a replacement phone sent in me. Since Bailey's iPhone and number were under Queen's account, it's plausible he would be able to order a replacement SIM card for her phone number. Queen told me he assumes this is something law enforcement would have verified with Verizon. When I asked Sergeant Garrett about this, he couldn't comment. If police do have proof Queen had Bailey's actual SIM card, like he even said himself. I mean, that would be pretty substantial. It would certainly look suspicious. So it seems it would be pretty beneficial for Queen to prove that that SIM card was not taken out of Bailey's phone. But upon thinking about it more, I realized that if Queen ordered a replacement SIM card for her number after her disappearance, 
Verizon would have presumably shut off her service since there can't be two active SIM cards under the same phone number. We could all speculate and question, why would he cut off her service if he was worried about her and trying to find her? But maybe, giving Queen the benefit of the doubt, he didn't realize that would happen. Who can really say? Regardless of his intention, though, this would mean early on in Bailey's disappearance, her phone would no longer be capable of connecting to cell phone towers, which provides the most accurate data in tracking a phone, which of course is crucial info in a missing persons case. Records show that one week after Bailey went missing, her phone had activity for the last time when it briefly connected to a cell phone tower. So why does this matter? Well, let's say Queen's account is true. Bailey ran away, and after that, he ordered a replacement SIM card. In a way, he hurt himself. If Bailey's service wasn't shut off, it's possible her phone would have collected cell phone tower data that could have helped prove his story. All the different scenarios, in my mind, further muddy the waters and contribute to a maddening standstill in the investigation into her disappearance. Here's Sergeant Garrett and I. Is there any evidence that Bailey is alive? And, you know, I have this conversation with Jane, her mother, often, and you know, we are consistent that there's not definitive evidence one way or the other whether she's alive or deceased. Can't prove one way or the other at this point. That's why there's still an active warrant for arrest for her participation in the death of Micah. There have been no credible sightings. Correct. No financial transactions that could be tied to her. No phone records that could be tied to her. Not to not that we're aware of. But, you know, if you were involved in something nefarious like this and wanted to drop off the face of the earth, it happens, people. Do it, it happens, and then they get found years later. People um, fake their death and get found, you know, 17 years later. I mean, do you think that's a real possibility here? Only time will tell and the evidence in the case. Though at this point, nothing in this case should surprise me. It's hard to imagine Bailey would be capable of living off the grid for all these years with so many people looking for her. And while Sergeant Garrett has to consider every possibility, from my observations, I believe law enforcement leans heavily towards the theory that Bailey was the victim of foul play, which of course is what her mother Jane has thought from day one. And like always, Jane isn't going to sit back and wait for someone else to bring her answers. You hold your baby when you give birth to them, and when they go away, you want to hold them to say goodbye. I gotta find her to hold her one last time, even if it is just her bones. Jane has dealt with things that are hard to imagine. She's had people call and tell her they're holding Bailey captive and she'll be sold as a sex slave if Jane doesn't pay a ransom. These calls are always determined to just be heartless scams. She's dealt with people having remorse for Bailey one day and the next calling her a killer. She's been told Bailey was dissolved in a barrel of acid, that she's being held somewhere chained in a dark basement. She's heard it all. And no matter how painful the search for Bailey can be, Jane tells herself she can't give up. She has to keep going, just one more day. I pray every time I hang every flyer up, one more day to find Bailey, one more day not to go crazy. 
Jane continues to do regular searches for Bailey's body on her own. She often speaks with psychics who give her different locations, and she goes out with a shovel and will dig for hours. Jane also plans to keep pushing police to make arrests in Bailey's sexual assault case, where Jane says there is evidence of several different rapists. She says she's also fighting for the murder charge against Bailey to be dropped and for a murder charge to be filed against someone else for what she believes happened to her daughter. After Queen's sentencing, Jane and I sat and talked for a while. It was an emotional yet odd day for Jane. She's glad he'll be behind bars for a long time, but there's still so much unresolved. Her emotions are complicated, and she often keeps them guarded. Here's parts of the conversation we had a few hours after Queen was sentenced. He's not going to get to see his little baby with Sarah grow up or hold that baby again. And pretty soon he'll forget what that baby smells like, just like I forgot Bailey's smell. I don't have anything. It's not that I forgot it. It's I don't have anything that smells like her anymore because the smell is gone. I had a blanket that I used to hug and smell. Am I happy that he doesn't get to do that? I wouldn't call it happy. I would say it's kind of a justice where he doesn't get to see his kids grow up. He doesn't get to be a part of their life. That that's been taken away from him, just like he took Bailey from me. Again, Queen has not been charged with any crime pertaining to harming Bailey. But law enforcement is aware there are allegations of domestic violence in their relationship. I know my daughter wanted help. And she had no chance of getting away from that queen. Because I've heard she wanted to. And he would beat her up. And he said Bailey was just clumsy, you know? That's why she had bruises. Because I would see bruises on her when she was over there and she'd come out for just a second. I'd say, Bailey, how did you get those bruises on your legs? She'd make up some excuse. One time she said from sex, and I go, sex isn't supposed to hurt like that. That's not sex. Jane has made it clear she does not believe her daughter would have willingly participated in killing Micah or anyone. But at the same time, she knows that in the months before her disappearance, Bailey wasn't the same person. She fell apart. She was broken. I know that's no excuse for her behavior, but she had no coping skills with what everything that had happened to her. She was only 20. She didn't know how to na- navigate life. I just wish Bailey was here to tell her side to defend herself. She would want to be here. Then Jane shared something with me, unlike anything she had before. My therapist said if I could have Bailey back, Today, would I want her knowing she would be in the same situation and not able to get help? And I said no. It took me a minute to understand that Jane was saying she would not choose to have Bailey back if it meant she'd be in the same situation, as Jane believes her daughter was suffering immensely before her disappearance. I read this thing in this book for grieving parents, and one of the passages was this lady had lost uh, her kid to suicide. You know, why would they do this? Why would they do this? And then after years, she said it came to her, God came to her and spoke and said, 
they needed a different place to grow. And so I hold on to that. I think the only way Bailey could be saved was that he allowed her to be murdered so she could leave Earth and be happy and have it. I found it's not uncommon for some people to end up having a stronger sense of faith after going through something so tragic, including people like Jane, who will tell you she doesn't consider herself that religious. But for Jane and others, trying to believe there is a reason this horrific thing has happened to their loved one is the only way they can go on. But even so, as Jane said these things, I found it difficult to understand because I know Jane would do anything, truly anything, to get her daughter back, even for just one minute. But as I continued to listen to her speak, I had a moment of clarity. Of course I didn't understand Jane's grief. I'm not supposed to. No one is. I'm sorry. I don't think I've ever expressed that before. Well, you know, people think I'm crazy for talking like that. Grief, the grief process, and it's really hard. And I think a lot of moms and people go crazy because you have to fill all the ugly and imagine it. And I know, I know somebody killed my daughter and they won't tell me where she's at. I mean, how do you move on from that? So I have to hold on to every little bit of hope and trust that that's why she was taken away because she wouldn't have gotten better here. And so God took her up to heaven. Working with the mothers of the Bakersfield Three has shown me that grief is a web of emotions that can defy logic. It can be as unique to a person as their fingerprint. The intricacies and depths of someone's sorrow tells a story only they can truly understand. And as time continues to pass, the moms tell me their season of grief evolves with it. They say, after the first year, it should get better. Does not it get doesn't. better. Actually, this last year, the fourth year, has been worse. It's been worse for me, too. It's been worse than the first year. Absolutely. Maybe I was more in shock. We didn't have time to stop and grieve early on. It wasn't always easy to see because Di was so often focused on being there for Cheryl and Jane helping them navigate Bailey being charged with Micah's murder, the trial, and everything in between. But I knew Di was struggling. As I wrote this podcast, I often thought about something that retired homicide detective Bill Darby said. I think Di is a trooper for all the attention being on Micah and Bailey. And she knows, and she stays strong. I'm the first to acknowledge that after it became more apparent that James's case wasn't directly tied to Bailey and Micah's, it got less attention from the media and the public. I've felt guilt about this. The day Matt Queen was convicted of Micah's murder, I was standing outside with Di when she started to cry and said, will James's case ever be solved? Almost immediately, she composed herself. This is Micah's day, she said. But I knew that emotion, that fear was real. As Di has often said, 
We only have so many, you know, homicide detectives, and they work on the newest case. And so it just, you know, goes down, down, down in the pile. Once Micah's trial was over, Di said she couldn't let James's case keep sinking lower in a pile of lonely files. She was going to double down on pushing for information and leads. But then she started to not feel well. A few weeks later, she was diagnosed with stage 4 ovarian cancer that had spread all over her body. Jane and Cheryl immediately stepped in. Jane is taken to bringing Di to all her appointments. Di says she needs them as she fights for her life and the chance to be here when James's case is finally solved. After a particularly long and difficult doctor's appointment, Di sent them a message saying, We fight like a mother in so many ways, and it continues on. If we can help just one other family besides ourselves, it's worth it. And the moms have continued doing just that, working with victims' families to help them navigate the criminal justice system. They've gotten policies changed in Kern County. And since learning the local chapter of Secret Witness was essentially broke, the moms have raised well over $100,000 for the program. There's now finally funding for law enforcement to offer rewards for information on unsolved cases. And when it comes to Sergeant Garrett, even though he's no longer a detective, after his promotion, he insisted on keeping Bailey and James's cases and says in his spare time, he still works on their investigations. Are you confident about James's case? Yeah. Are you confident about Bailey's case? Yeah. I always have hope. Recently, Sergeant Garrett visited Di at home to tell her he's beginning to dedicate one day a week to James's case, which just so happens to be his day off. There's something the three moms said to me once about their relationship that stuck with me. It was before Micah's murder trial, before Di's cancer. Yet it rings true now more than ever. It stemmed from Jane comparing their fight for answers to a never-ending wave. I mean, you just kind of ride together through the waves, and it's, it's really a very unique relationship, I think, that we have. I'm still waiting for that wave to crash and be over with. It's We've just, been riding it. It's like, you know, keep your head above, don't sink. Together, the three of them continue to ride the waves, no matter how treacherous the water gets. Together, they keep their heads above water. The Bakersfield Three is a Case File Presents production written and reported by me, Olivia LaVoice. Audio editing by Anthony Telfer. Sound production and music by Mike Migas. Special thanks to the mothers of the Bakersfield Three for allowing me to tell their story. And thank you for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.